Discovery's four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Three, two, one, zero, 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 zero. Oh, that is right. It is not. It is not trickery. We are back with the Gadget Cast. We did not skip this week. My name is Gregory McFadden, joined always with my co-host, Travis MCP. Space travel. I just say space travel. What's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's doing well. Excited to be back doing some more space traveling today. Oh, yes, yes. We are. We are back. Still a little bit rusty, I'm not going to lie, but uh, we didn't miss this week, so eventually I'm going to regain my my skills of intro, <laughs> which have never been good. But one day, <laughs> one day, we will have the perfect Gadgetcast intro. You know, I think maybe we should switch to the pre-recorded intro, because that was pretty dope when we did the uh, live show, and I yes. thought that intro was really cool. Maybe I should just play that every time, and I don't have to... I don't have to be live, or I just need like a bu- I need like a pre-recorded script, and I just press a button, ruin all the magic for everyone. It's done. Why should? Why don't you do? It's totally fine by I me. Know. What's the I, difference? I felt like I got to be live. You know. You know. Just- I mean, I think sometimes I think having the option to do either might be the move. Yeah, you know, it's like you a, know what I mean. Just, you know, sometimes you go into it and you fail epically. And, uh, you know, maybe that's the best way to do it. Or, you know, you go pre-record it. It's, it's nice every time. You know, yeah. you got the surprise of it. You get the surprise. You never know what you're going to get. This week, you got kind of a bad intro. Last week, you got kind of a bad intro. Perhaps next week, you'll tune in, and it'll be the greatest <laughs> intro you've ever seen. And uh, you'll want to keep listening to the Gadgetcast, so you're going to subscribe. Maybe. Probably not. But maybe. Um, cool. Well, we got, a, we got a lot of things to talk about this week. Do we? What uh, do we have to we talk do. about? Believe it or not, I got you know I got things I can talk about. All right, uh, go ahead, take it over, Travis. The whole show, yours. <laughs> I don't know if I need all that, but um, geez, I don't even know where to start. Um, so we can start with uh, the Galaxy S22 Ultra. So those of you that are watching live can see that I'm holding up the S22 Ultra, and the, let's, let's talk a little bit about this phone and like how hard it was for me to get, and then I'll talk about the phone itself because the journey to get here was painful. Now, I don't suppose you got a chance to watch that video yet, Greg. No, still no. Still got to oh, set some time aside. It, it, it's it's worth watching. Yes. Um, just for if for humor, if nothing else. Uh, so here's what happens. Now, this I think you do know. I, I've had a problem for a couple of years now getting Galaxy Note phones on time. Oh, yeah. When I pre-order them. Yeah, any, so you're aware device, of this. I feel like it is a disaster for you. <laughs> like, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially Galaxy phones because, I mean, it, it was a couple years ago, I had to buy five phones just to get one. Yes. On yes. time. I, I, yeah. remember, I remember that whole debacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this year was no better. It was worse. Probably the worst year yet. So if you're not completely familiar with the entire situation and you have not watched the video that I made, I'll just give you kind of a... A 30,000 foot view of what happened. So I pre-ordered the Galaxy S22 Ultra, really more so for video content that has nothing to do with reviewing it. I needed to review it uh, for uh, one obligation I had. But other than that, I have another idea for it, right? Well, so here's what happened. I ordered it, and they started shipping it by FedEx, which immediately I had worries. I was like, okay, they're shipping it by FedEx. This is not a good thing. But all right, you know, it just means that I won't get it on the day that I know I should get it, right? Typically for me, and this is literally like the last six or seven 
orders I've done from companies that ship via FedEx, none of them have come on time. Zero out of all of them over the course of months, right? Right. So I expected that to happen. So they say, okay, it'll be there Tuesday. And I'm thinking in my mind, it's not going to be here Tuesday. Like, I just know it's not. And of course it didn't. It did not arrive on Tuesday. Uh, on Wednesday, they said it was out for delivery. I said, okay, cool. That's actually not too bad. I'll have enough time to mess around with it, get like a first impressions video or something out, right? Well, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm working on some things. And I decided to refresh the page on the tracking and it says it was delivered two hours previous. And I'm like, huh, I don't, I don't remember how that, I don't remember that happening. Then I looked at the order and I looked and I noticed that actually it was being delivered to my UPS mailbox, which is fine. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It's like a couple minutes from my house. No big deal. I'll just drive up there. So I drive up there and I asked the guy and I go, Hey, uh, says uh, FedEx came and delivered, um, the, uh, the package. And they were like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, what? Well, there's a signature on this thing and it says uh, COV is uh, signed for it. And like no one here works here with those initials. I'm like, uh, hmm. Okay. Well, so I, I go home and I, and I think, okay, I've had things where FedEx has said that they've delivered things and then it comes the next day. Uh, I've had that happen before. So I go, maybe that'll be the case. But I noticed that I'm like, but they've never been signature before. They've always just been regular deliveries. And for $1,300 worth of smartphones, and, and I also, by the way, I had a, um, a, 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 a Galaxy watch in there and some other things. It's like, it was like $1,300. Bucks. And um, <laughs> I get home and I start sweating it because as I tweet, I tweet about it and I see people coming back on, yeah, it's never been the signature type. I mean, if I had that happen, but not signature. So I, I decide to call FedEx, which is not easy. I get, a, I get them on the phone and uh, I say, you know, this thing says it's delivered, but I no one got it. Like, what's the deal? Can you trace it? So they said, yeah, we'll put a trace on it, whatever that means, which means they are just going to figure out what happened. So I get a call back later in the day from <clears throat> a person, uh, I think local to me. So actually someone who could tell you what's going on rather than someone in another country who has no idea what's going on. And she goes, uh, yeah. So, you know, I'm from that department, blah, blah, blah. Uh, can you tell me what's going on? I said, yeah. Um, I have a UPS box. I was waiting for a delivery. There's no one here with these initials. What's the deal? She goes, oh, uh, so I talked to the driver and he delivered it across the street to the apartment complex. It's across the street from the UPS store. I go, huh? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Hmm. <laughs> I go, okay, well, but it says, it, but it was signed for She goes, okay, so here's the thing. This guy's been with us for 30 days, like just about a month. He's ha he's already had another delivery problem. And, uh, there was a policy back when COVID was really, kind of a thing, like when it was more so crazy than it is now, where FedEx didn't have you sign for things, they would sign for you and then give it to you. So they didn't have to like exchange pens and stuff or whatever. And she goes, but that policy hasn't been in play in our area for a long time. As a matter of fact, it's been more, more than a month since we've had people do that. So this guy who just started a month ago, figured out how to do this apparently and delivered it to the apartment complex. So I go, okay. Okay. So now what? She goes, okay, well, I'll, <clears throat> I'm going to get my manager involved, blah, blah, blah. And I will, we'll have them go out tomorrow and go get it. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So they contact, they contact the driver, the driver, which and I found out by the comments in this video have really explained to me how FedEx actually works, which is really interesting. The driver says he goes back out there, talks to the apartment manager. Of course, no one brought it to the apartment manager. And so I'm thinking, okay, we'll just 
you know, knock on the door of the person that you gave it to. Well, it turns out he doesn't remember where he delivered it in the apartment complex. He, he doesn't, Greg, he doesn't remember where he delivered it. Ooh. So it's gone. Now I'm like, okay, this is terrible in a couple, in a couple ways, but let me start the process of giving my money back. So I call Samsung because, you know, when you ship something and you insure it, right, you insure it, right? And then you, you know, all right, look, Samsung, here's a deal. Here's my case number with FedEx. I need my money back so I can go get this phone. Oh, we need you to fill out a police report. For what? I, <laughs> it was misdelivered. If you call FedEx and ask them and give them this case number, they'll tell you exactly what it is. The lady on the phone said, yep, it's our fault. You know, well, well I, need a, I need a police report. So I filed a police report, which apparently went to the wrong police because they rejected it. I uh, have also tried to file through FedEx. I, I don't know that I'm going to get this money back, Greg. I had to go and buy another phone from Best Buy, which actually ended up having it in stock. So I drove to Best Buy and bought another one. So right now I'm out $1,300-ish. Uh, I bought two, got one. It's almost like, you know, buy one, get one free. I bought two and got one. I, I you know... I I feel like you will get your money back. Uh, did you pay with a credit card? So here's the thing. I thought I did. But mm. what I did was I actually used PayPal, which I don't know why I did. Now, PayPal will also do protection. So I'm doing a thing through yeah. them. But the problem with this is uh, unless they contact FedEx, the only proof there is is the delivery that says it was delivered. You actually have to call FedEx to find out that that's not actually true. If you just look at the website, you're like, no, it was delivered and it was signed for. Yeah, it was signed for by COVID. COV is short for COVID. So, I mean, like, like, hello. <laughs> oh my God, dude. So I had to go buy this um, phone without the discounts and without any of the extras that I was getting from Samsung. Samsung was doing the double memory. Pay for 128 gig, get 256. Couldn't do that. <clears throat> I just got 128 gig. No camp, no watch, which was important for what I was actually going to use this uh, phone for. Um, so kind of a terrible experience. I hate FedEx, basically. Now, ironically, <laughs> that same day I put the video out, apparently John Prosser's having problems with FedEx. Mm. Except for, it, well, he's in the middle of a problem with FedEx. Actually, he's... <laughs> He's potentially out more money than me, but it's still, they, they just found his delivery, which really ironic is he ordered something 30 minutes from my house. And for the last week when he paid for expedited overnight shipping a week ago, it's still not there. And there's no update on the tracking really? <laughs> and it's worth more money than what I spent more, a lot more money than what I, I'll tell you off air, much more money than what I spent. So uh, FedEx, uh, so here's what I found out about FedEx, just uh, I was telling you. Um, <clears throat> turns out, I was not aware of this, that most FedEx delivery drivers don't work for FedEx. They're, uh, they're contractors. What? They're contractors. I had okay. no idea. So that's why you hear all these, these horror stories about people like stealing stuff and all this other stuff, because they're just getting paid whatever it is as a contractor. And if they see something kind of thick and juicy and they think it's going to be, you know, Paid for by FedEx, they just keep that thing. I that is uh, that is nuts to me because I always pictured like out of all the delivery services in the 
states between like USPS, UPS. I always thought FedEx was like top tier, top tier billing of like they're going to get no. it right. They and, used to uh, be. I, I, Not- I guess I guess they are the worst now because. Oh, yeah. I've even noticed, um, I know Apple always used to use FedEx, but for some of their recent stuff, I've been getting it through UPS from Apple a lot of the times, which is strange because they were always 100% FedEx every single time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed they started using UPS for some of their deliveries. So I'm kind of wondering if you're right, that maybe there's like a big quality shift. Uh, it sounds like it, that if, if all their drivers are just contracted out, um, I don't know how you keep the, the quality of those deliveries. And that is insane uh the problems you have with fedex and uh what other people seem to be having with it i can't believe well, i delivered it to the wrong person and everything well here's the thing so you're right fedex used to be the bomb many a year yeah. ago but that has long since passed and if you look in the comments of the video that i did about this um there are tons of people who have had issues with FedEx, including people who used to work at FedEx, who said they would never use FedEx because wow. they work there and they know they know what type of shenanigans go on. So it's, I I basically released a six minute video just bombing on FedEx for a while. Now Marcus uh, here has yeah. an interesting comment that I want to know is true mm. in real time. He says mm. you were served by FedEx Ground and FedEx Express is a separate company within the company. Is that true? I, I heard that there is a difference between the two. I don't know that it was FedEx Ground though, because uh, I think FedEx Ground is like a slower delivery yeah. thing, and I think this was supposed to be faster. But regardless of whether or not that was the case for me, he is correct. There are like, I, and again, I found this out through the comments of this video. I had no idea that was the case. They are technically like this separate kind of okay. thing. Yeah. So he is Every right about that. Every package I have received from FedEx was through a FedEx Express. So maybe mm. that's why I've never had this problem. Mm. I can't believe mm. it's an actually like a different company. I just thought that was like a different shipping speed. Like if you get like an express, it means faster. Like well, that's course. a whole different company like operating under that. Like that is some weird company structure going on over there. Like how is that a thing? Exactly right. And it's so weird, man. It's like, I don't even know. Like it, 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 it's, it's wow. crazy. Uh, and I shouldn't have to care about this, but right now I'm still out of, uh, I'm still out of the money. Yeah. <clears throat> Express drivers aren't contract drivers. They're the real... Look, you could do a whole deep dive into you could. this FedEx conspiracy that they got going on there. This It sounds like one of the FedExes is, is like a legit company, and the other one's like a complete scam at this point. It like, does. what is going on? Yeah, as a matter uh, of fact, there's a channel on... Um, there's a channel on YouTube called The Company Man, which I love. That channel is really awesome. I, look, gonna, wait, I got to just point this out. This is the great yeah. thing about doing a podcast I think a lot of people miss, or just doing YouTube in general and having like a big community. We got someone who just it just happens to be working at FedEx Express for 16 years. So oh, like, yeah. like oh. in the chat, like telling us like, here's how it goes. Here's the here here's how it goes down. So that is so cool. Wow, that's insane. Thanks, everyone. And by the way, um, when I made this video, I wasn't making it for people to feel bad for me, but I was really surprised at how many people were like, oh, I'm so sorry for that. I'm so sorry for you, which was nice. Like, I'm so used to getting such hateful comments in some of my videos that to have people say, and even here, like, look, Jasmine's saying, I hope you get your money back, pray for that. That's really sweet. Like, that's very sweet. I really appreciate that. That's not why I made the video. Uh, I made it so I could crap on FedEx, but... um, Cause I was frustrated, right? So it's interesting, but okay. So that aside, so I have the, the S 22 ultra, which is essentially the new note. <clears throat> and I'll tell you something, Greg, as I said in the video that I released this morning about this phone, 
If I was leaving an iPhone, I would go to this phone, 100%. And I would also say that I'm having a better experience with this than I did the uh, Note 20 Ultra, which I did a review on just a, like a week or so ago. And it's not even that much different than that, but it's just different enough that I love it. And, and I know you haven't seen this video yet because I just released it this morning and I think you're eating ice cream or something. Um, <laughs> but it's true, but I want you to watch. So I still want you to watch the, 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 you know, the video I did with, uh, with Tish from our, from our, cause she's, you know, she's part of the Gadgetcast crew. You need to watch that. But I want you to watch this because there is a difference in the picture quality of the S22 Ultra and the iPhone 13 Pro Max when taking pictures of people. <clears throat> and I would say the S22 Ultra is nailing it better than the iPhone by quite a bit. Interesting. Which is interesting. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That was actually the thing I was most looking forward to because I'd heard people say that online, but I wanted to see it for myself. And I'm like, uh, let me see. And it's true. Um, I show it in the video, but I think it's even more um, obvious if you just look at the phones and see the pictures, there is a difference. And the thing is, I believe if Apple just made a couple changes to their kind of algorithm or whatever, it would work. I don't even think you need to have new hardware for this to work for them. They just need to change the software, I believe. What has been your experience? But by the way, the reason why I looked at this, because I've always felt like certain pictures or even some videos from the iPhone when you're shooting humans just looked like a beauty filter was on all the time. Or something um I, I i don't know uh i don't think i've had that experience i feel like every time i take a photo with my iphone i look i go ooh. so uh <laughs> you know it's, it's too real no um mm. there is something maybe with like uh if it's like like a how do i put it like a really like hdr scene with like a lot of different lighting like sometimes mm -hmm. i notice like maybe like the skin tones could be a little bit off but i feel like that's most smartphone cameras. I don't know if maybe the Galaxy phone has something different with that. Mm. Um, but there's so many different things with color temperatures and just the clarity and how it chooses to define. Like um, the last Android phone I really used for like photos a lot was the Pixel 6 Pro. And there were a lot of photos where like you could look at it and go, this might be a good photo. But what it would do a lot of the times I felt like at least uh, for my taste, what it would over sharpen the photo which would mm -hmm. give you like a really kind of like um, dramatic, sharp photo with like a lot of contrast. And it could look good, but sometimes when you're just taking like a regular photo um, and you don't want something that's super moody, it just kind of set like the wrong tone. Like it, it mm. was just too sharp and it kind of it ruined it uh, mm. for some of the photos. So it's it's very different with processing. We we went into a huge discussion on this last week of how, you know, you can show two pictures from two different phones and it's like what's the better photo and then you could go into this whole different argument of what kind of photo style you prefer and mm. how you like the, you know, the decisions these cameras are making because it is mostly down to the processing at this point um at least from uh where the majority of differences come from the photo quality. But I got to watch your video and see the differences because I've seen a couple people on Twitter mention the same thing, like you said. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll trust yours a little bit because I know you to be pretty unbiased. So I'll be interested to see that one. Yeah, it was. It was uh, no, I, I've taken pictures. <clears throat> no, I've taken videos of people uh, with the iPhone. As a matter of fact, the entire video where I did the iPhone challenge, the first one was with the iPhone 13 Pro Max when I was out with Nelson and them. That was all iPhone 13 
Pro Max when I was interviewing them and everything. And I think it looked great. Yeah. Um, but when you can, and, and I think the video is still maybe a little better on the iPhone, not by a lot, but it, to me it is. But the pictures just, they just seem different. Now, what's interesting is, um, so people are asking some good questions here um, in the chat. So real quick, someone was saying, um, oh yeah, Genosis was saying that the pigmentation on the iPhone needs to be recalibrated. Have I tried the photographic styles? I have not done that. Um, do you use those at all? The, photo the photographic styles on iPhone? Um, I mean, during when I was reviewing it, I tried it out for a little bit, but I just always went back to the default one. But yeah, it, yeah. it can change up like the <clears throat> color balance a lot, uh, which might help with like skin tones or pigmentation. Um, yeah, it's I, I think with with Pixel and now Samsung doing, I think, better jobs with skin tones, Apple's going to need to bring their A game on the 14. And if they can do it in software, then they should back backwards uh, back can pat them for the older phones because I would be hard pressed to believe that the 13 pro max or any of the 13 uh, phones couldn't do a better job. I just think it's a software thing. Like it's very much not really a hardware thing anymore, but I will say that the S 22 ultra, I love it. I, it, I really think about it a lot when it's just sitting there looking at, like I want to pick it up and use it for stuff. Like I don't, it's one of those phones is really fun. Now, part of this could be the fact that, I've been on iOS so long and not really main, you know, playing around with um, Android very much as of, over the last couple of months that maybe just because it's different, it's fun. And you could argue that for people that are on one operating system and then get exposed to the other operating system, at first there might be like, oh, I don't know. And then they kind of like, oh, this is kind of fun. Oh, this is kind of new. This is kind of fun. Um, and, and maybe that's why I, I don't know yet because I've only had the phone for a couple of days. If that's the reason why I just know that. I want to interact with it more often. It's fun. And I don't know that I've have felt that way about the iPhone in a long time. And again, might be because I'm overly exposed to it. Um, but I mean, who's to say who's to, like, I might, like if I didn't, if I wasn't as exposed to you as much, maybe I'd be thinking, Oh, I loved hanging out with Greg and talking to Greg all the time. <laughs> I want to do it all the time. Cause I never talked about, I talked to you quite a bit. So I'm like, it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. Talking to Greg, you know, um, there's always that period of uh, any time you start using a new device, uh, you do have to question if it is just, oh, hey, this is new. This is great. I'm going to be using this. You know, this is better than the iPhone. What am I doing here? If this had iOS, I'd be using. There's a bunch of questions that sometimes you kind of got to run through. And there is a honeymoon phase, I find, with new tech products that within next month, if you're still going for this phone, if you're still picking it up, over the iPhone, you'll have a very clear picture. It's kind of, it is one of the things in uh, tech that's very hard to do is sometimes these shorter term reviews when you do just first get a device. And sometimes it's it's hard to make up your opinion within a week or two weeks. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes you need like a solid month with a device, sometimes even more to kind of get uh, a good picture on, you know, hey, is this really for me? That was one of the things I really had to tell myself when I first started testing foldable phones. It was such a new concept that, you know, even with the first Galaxy Flip and uh, the second generation Fold, uh, I started using them and it's like, it's something you've never done before is fold a phone. And it it is such a, like, no, even if I don't use those phones today, even if I, you know, that they weren't for me, that initial experience of using that brand new technology for the first time, it was mind blowing. It was one of the coolest experiences I've had with tech in recent memory. But it's something that didn't stick for me. It's something that I can acknowledge it. I can appreciate the technology. But that at the end of the day, it really didn't change the way I use those devices. And 
actually with the um with the fold the bigger device that it actually was almost a negative for me because most of the time I just preferred to use it in the standard smartphone form factor and it was kind of a negative to pick up like a bulky device like that if I wasn't always transforming it to the to the tablet mode so sometimes you really do have to use these devices and see like is this for me and when it's like the newest the shiniest most premium device out there there's always that initial cool factor of like look at this thing this thing's so cool it's so polished i just want to keep using it yeah gary everyday night says something that was usually at one point was the exact opposite for me um i'm also really realizing that i'm really hot on this take you might have to bring my volume down when you do the podcast mix um anyway is that um I was the opposite of what he said. He said that uh, he's not a fan of Android on phones, but he loves Android on tablets. Now, when I was when I saw my Android phones, it was I was the exact opposite. I, I used to say I love my phones Android and my tablets uh, iPad, because at the time and for the longest time, I think they were just superior. Having said that, now now I haven't used an Android tablet in quite a while. Um, I've always been impressed by the build quality of the Samsung ones, but you know the, the operating system itself always let it down. Now. I have not used one in a while and I know there's a lot of differences. And now that Dex is part of the, you know, the ecosystem of their tablets and phones and stuff, I feel like, and now that LumaFusion, the editing software that I actually use, one of the main reasons that I stayed on iPad is now going to Android. I would say that if these, ta- these Android tablets had existed when I was still using an Android phone and LumaFusion started over there, I might not have an iPad Pro. You know, like I, again, I haven't used the new ones, but so many people are singing the praises of them that I respect that I just straight up believe them. And I know that being on that Android side at one point was fine with me. And one of the main reasons I turned over is because I was already using an iPad, especially to edit my videos. And if I was using LumaFusion and never had to switch over, I, you know, I, I wouldn't have gotten an iPhone because the, well, I would have reviewed an iPhone, but I wouldn't have switched to iPhone because once you have like an iPad or something that's in that ecosystem and then you bring a phone over and then you start doing all of those apple ecosystem things everything else starts to come together let me get the let me get the watch let me get the, like everything else starts to come. now you're now i'm trapped i got an imac over here i got like i feel very trapped i would have to drop almost everything to to go back over because i'd be missing out on so much I mean, I think you just gave yourself a really good video idea. So I don't know if I want to expand on that too much, but like trying to escape the Apple ecosystem after in the position you're in of being, uh, you know, an Android user for that time period. And then kind of recently going over to iPhone and then seeing all these phones come out on the Android side and never really being able to pull yourself back to iPhone. It would be interesting to see. If you could escape the ecosystem, you know, see if you could go back, maybe pick up like a like a Samsung tablet and uh, hmm. you continue using your uh, Ultra. Well, you know, I like to call it the note, but continue using your Ultra and see if uh, see if you could escape. See if it's. Yeah, you know, can, can that's you a great idea. I mean, it's a great idea, especially with some of the new types of videos that I'm going to be doing on the channel. Uh, I think that fits right in. Um, as a matter of fact. There is, uh, I mean, I'll tell people, I'll tell the GadgetCast fans because, you know, I love the GadgetCast fans. I'm not really saying this anywhere else, but I'm in the middle of uh, doing my next kind of longer project cool video, which is another Switch video because all the other stuff that I want to do is is uh, going to take some time. So it's another one of the challenge uh, a phone user to try something else. And um, I have my first call with that person after GadgetCast. So I'm really excited. 
And they texted me something the other day on their second day of having the phone that literally shocked me. I did not see it coming. So I'm super mm. amped about this call after GadgetCast, which is one of the reasons I have to leave shortly after GadgetCast so I can get on that call. Um, but the, the point is the same. Like I'm challenging them to get out of what they've been used to for, in this case, all of their life. In this particular case, their entire life. And I've given them something different. And now they're like, huh. So yeah, to your point, um, you know, I mean, I did it once with the, I've with the, uh, what the MacBook uh, thing. So yeah, try it. <clears throat> yeah. Interesting. Uh, so I guess really one of the final things we'll, we'll talk about, and then we can just kind of vibe if you want, uh, is we're still another, well, we're only a couple days away from, and depending on when you're listening to this, this podcast, maybe it already happened. The invites for the March event, um, by the time we do another show will be like potentially a day out from the March event. So we don't have to spend a lot of time on it right now, but I, I do want to say like, again, from my perspective, I'm, I'm only kind of interested in one or two things, but there's a rumor that came out online just really recently. Yeah. That's implying that the, what the older SE will drop to $200. Is that yeah, right? So I, I think Mark Gurman came out today <clears throat> saying that, and this would be different. They're, they're saying that uh, Apple's going to keep the older iPhone SE in the lineup. I think that has like an A13 chip in it. It's not, it's not yeah. too bad spec wise. Bad. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely enough performance for most people, but they're going to bring it down to a $200 price point. And I think me and you both agree that this SE3 we've been hearing a lot about, we're kind of just like, okay, it's the same phone. It's going to have a faster chip. Does anyone need a faster chip who's buying mm -hmm. that phone? And it's going to have 5G. That might actually be a detriment to that phone because maybe it brings down the battery life even more. So mm -hmm. who's, you know, is this a phone to get excited for? But I think me and you maybe look at this phone coming out. And if it really does mean that they're going to keep that phone and then bring it at $200, mm. that I changes the narrative quite a, quite a bit to the point where you're like, wait a minute. Is this older phone that's already here, you can go out and buy it today, is that suddenly more exciting just for the value perspective of a $200, a $200 iPhone with no contract, no trade-in, unheard of? Unheard of. Okay, okay, Greg, I'm going to be... I don't normally predict or agree or disagree with leaks. I do not believe this. Don't. I don't believe it. Now, I would be happy to be wrong because that's a very compelling moment. A very stick your stake in the ground, changing the paradigm of Apple moment because they've never really been the company that's like, oh, let's beat everyone on price. Not really. I mean, the 10R was kind of the closest thing when they're like, oh, 749. You don't remember when you either. Listen, we're trying to go at you. This is a whole other ball of wax. This is like those people that are getting the $200 prepaid phones that, you know, don't have a lot of money and maybe have always wanted an iPhone and just don't want the monthly payments could now I mean, even though it's not a great phone, right? It's good enough. The battery life is probably the most suspect thing about it. But damn, this is why I just don't believe it. I hope it's true because I think it it, it really changes the entire uh, industry. But I I I would see. Hmm. I don't see them going to two hundred dollars. I think that that's too too cheap for them. Three hundred maybe. 200 now. 
The rumor seems very weird. Now, you could you could say it's $200, a $200 iPhone. Maybe that's the attractive headline to write. And that phone could be $299. Technically $200, right? Like maybe the attractive headline, you know, maybe it's not $199, it's $299. It's a $200 phone. Mm. I think I agree with you there because a $200 price cut uh, for that phone and just knowing how Apple works, it just doesn't seem to make sense. Like, who's going to get the new iPhone SE when you can get it for $200 less? It's basically the same phone uh, based on the rumors we've been hearing, unless there's a last-minute surprise, which which is possible that everyone else got wrong. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think $300 makes more sense, but it just depends on how Apple wants to play this. Now, the only thing that I could really see this pretty big price cut making sense and i don't want to i don't want to pitch this phone as like oh my gosh two hundred dollars what a tremendous value it is a very old phone design they probably could sell it for 200 no problem right like the, you know without like an apple markup it's it is what it is i think the only thing where this phone maybe could come in at two hundred dollars is maybe with an asterisk of like a carrier deal, right? Like that's definitely possible. If you get it on AT&T, it is $200. If you get it unlocked, it's 299. You know, maybe that's the maybe that's the strategy they're yeah. going for. Or yeah. or and this again, maybe this is just Apple, you know, master strategy. We've kind of wondered for a while now. When is Apple going to get rid of this iPod that they sell on their website? It's mm. a $200 iPod, it's a 4-inch screen. In a lot of ways, it's just an iPhone SE without the cellular connection maybe this is their way to go the ipod has served its purpose and we have a product that can do everything the ipod can do and be hooked up to a cellular network and we can shrink our product line down we don't have to make the ipod anymore we can just insert this phone at 200 dollars, which is the same price that ipod touch sells for and if you really wanted an iPod Touch, if you wanted to get that for your kid, if you, you know, I hear sometimes in businesses, iPod Touches are actually still pretty popular as like a point of sale. You can get that iPhone SE at $200. That is the only, only area where I think it makes sense for them to drop that price that low is just so they can finally be rid of the iPod and now they have the $200 iPhone. I so the of those situations you said I actually do buy into one of them which is it's really 299 but with carrier incentive it's 199 yeah. that I buy that I could get behind that I could actually maybe believe cuz it came out at what 399 and that was like a year and a half ago yes. so 299 is definitely not out cuz you know you know a year later they do this for like all the flagships they drop them $100 or, or more I could see them getting to 299 and then have a carrier incentive for 199 that I believe and we may actually see that. Um, I just don't know that we're going to see a 199 But what, what if we did? Because then look at this. If Apple was like, yeah, we're going to go 199 on this. Carrier incentive, 99 Or carrier incentive mm. free. Good. God almighty. I mean, again, not the best phone and not even one that anyone who listens to this show would probably use. But that's not the point. The point is to expand the... There's still tons of people that, despite the fact that Apple sells the most the most uh, flagships in any in, in the industry period, like they sell more iPhones than any other carrier than any other manufacturer does of flagships. 
there's still a lot of people they don't sell to. This would be a way to get in and get in pretty cheap and get people who have been curious to, tr it's insane. That, that would be really insane. So of all things that we've heard so far, that to me is the most exciting. And it's funny because it's on a phone that we really haven't been thinking about at all. We're like, ah, there's gonna be a new one. We certainly haven't thought anything about the old one. Um, this would be really compelling if they did it. It It's going to be one of those things that I think is either going to be really disappointing in, in the fact that I don't, you know, 299 for that phone. I, I just still feel like maybe it's still too high, but like if they get it down to maybe even with the carrier deals, if they get it down to 200, we're talking about a whole different story. It's, it's so, yes. it's so, I mean, $200 is a lot of money to some people still. I get it. Like, don't, don't come at me going, Hey, you don't understand, you know, the average person. I get it. Like I know, but Seriously, $200 for an iPhone is, uh, it's the lowest it's ever been. It's, it's at that point, and I know you'll bring up the comparison, you'll bring up this budget phone, this A-series phone that's got like a six-inch screen, looks pretty modern and all that stuff. I get it. I, get, I know the phone market in the budget range. I know it's highly competitive. Uh, but to have the iPhone start at that price point, um, I think would make huge inroads, maybe in that crowd even, of people going, well, you know what? I could use this phone for $200. I don't need mm -hmm. the longest lasting battery. You know, we're, we're always talking about us and I think we're power users and about battery life. There's sometimes I do a video and I'm like, I don't know if I can recommend the iPhone SE because the battery life's so poor, it can't get me through a day. And then I get people mm -hmm. in the comments and rightfully so, totally different use case than me. And like, what are you talking about? I end my day with 40% battery life remaining. And it's like, really? And it's like, it's just a totally different group of users who are who sometimes are using these phones and they're not on their phone 24 seven like I am. And I have to respect that. That's probably how phones should be used. So I think this could be a very popular phone. I think it would be, it would definitely make the event a lot more interesting to talk about from, from an industry uh, standard and just from uh, can Apple shake up the lower end of this market, something they really haven't dip their toes into. I mean, the lowest price phone they've had up until this point officially is $400. And granted, $400 for an iPhone, we always talked about how that's low. But, uh, you know, 200 and 400, are, again, are totally different ballparks for these devices. So I really hope this rumor is true. I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I kind of doubt it. Like, it sounds too good to be true. Um, but maybe this is a new Apple that wants to be really aggressive with their, with their services and they just want to win that war of getting people into the iPhone. And they understand that the people who are buying a $200 iPhone SE are not the people who are buying <clears throat> their premium phones. And they're not risking anything by releasing that device at $200 that is really going to impact their flagship phone sales. Now, for for clarification, just to just kind of give you some context, I'm looking at like T-Mobile's site at other uh, phones that are priced around $200. For $200, a lot of times you are paying somewhere in the neighborhood of $8 a month if you're financing it, uh, which is, you know, is very reasonable. The one thing that they do have to overcome is the fact that a lot of those phones, and despite the fact they only have 64 gigs of storage, which actually is just perfect for the SE because that's about what it has. The only problem is that it's not 5G and these $200 phones are, the Android phones are. So, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, like, 5G doesn't necessarily matter in and of itself, except for the fact when you're going to buy something and you hear someone say, I have a 5G phone, 5G, 5G, 5G. Well, and you go, oh, this is an iPhone. Is it 5G? Well, no, but it's $200. Like, well, okay, but you know. And I, I think know. that plays to Apple's strategy, honestly, if they if they do go this route. Um, having a phone 
at that price point is just something that'll get you into the store to take a look mm. at it. It's like mm. running a Black Friday TV sale. You go in for the TV, mm. and then all of a sudden, there's someone there from Apple <clears throat> going, all right, great phone, 200 bucks. It doesn't have 5G. And that's something where the normal consumer walks in and they go, wait a minute, I've been hearing a lot about this 5G. Maybe I need to step up to the 5G model. And that kind of gives you know that nice entry point, and it gets you to buy something even higher end than that. So maybe that's what Apple's just going for. Again, if they're really going to do it at this $200 price point, it's just to get you in there. And if you walk away with it, great. Maybe they'll hook you up with some services. But if not, you're probably looking at more expensive iPhones at that point because you came in to get an iPhone. Um, I remember going in to get the iPhone 5C, and I walked out with a 5S at one point. So I was like, mm. you know, it worked on me at one point. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I, I really, I, I really want to see, like, this made it a lot more interesting to me, this event. And again, it's an old product. Like I own the original or the second generation iPhone SE. So it's not like, it's not like I have anything new to review. It'll actually be an easier review for me to put out. I already have the phone. Mm -hmm. I don't have to buy anything new. Um, but I just feel like it just changes the narrative a little bit on what that phone is. And if anything, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know who's recommend, unless again, there's some surprises here. I don't know who's recommending the 5G iPhone SE who has any sense, especially uh, especially depending on the 5G coverage in your area. It might not be all it's chalked up to be at this point, which is depends the case again. For me depends still. on pricing. Depends yeah. on pricing on of all of this. Um, it really does. But we'll see. We're only we're, we're not too far away to be able to find that out, and that's an interesting conversation it, to have for sure. It 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 almost wouldn't surprise me at this point, which may might sound strange, but I feel like we've seen Apple kind of released these aggressive products in the past. Um, you got that iPad, which is like 329 awesome value. Uh, you got the Apple Watch Series 3 at $200. They have been bringing some lower-cost products in the lineup. Um, I was really surprised that they actually kept the original AirPods in the lineup. I, I, I thought there was no way they're just going to keep it in the lineup. You know, those things are kind of like old at this point. But it seems like we're just in like this different era from Apple where they realize that they have this huge customer base to the point where you go back five years ago, it wasn't necessarily the case. You could cover more people with just one phone model uh, from Apple. And now at this point, it's like you need a whole range of phones to cover the entire market. And this market's shrinking to the point where I feel like it does make sense for them to explore a lower end market, to have an iPhone at every single price point, even if it's not the best iPhone, uh, for them just makes sense because you're eventually going to reach the peak of how many iPhones you can sell to one end of the market. If you have this on tapped version, especially, and we think about this always from like a U.S. point of view, but in developing markets like India, where they really value, you know, uh, like phone values and stuff like that, that would be maybe like a really, maybe that would just move the needle for them to a point where they haven't just seen it in those uh, countries yet. Yeah, and that's they're definitely price conscious. I get that in my comment section all the time from people that are overseas saying, you know, this actually costs this much in my in my country and it's like, wow, that's I mean, that's a definite difference. Yeah. Um and I, I think also what's interesting is I was just looking at I'm going to look at AT&T as well, but T-Mobile um looking at their phone lineups to see like where something like this would fit in. What I found interesting was T-Mobile still offers the 10R. I'm seeing if AT&T does. I don't see it well they actually offer the 10s max Jeez, louise um the uh but here's what's interesting it's the same price as the 11 
And I'm like, why, why, if we want to go to the SE price point, I think, I mean, I know, I know the answer to this because you're going to say it's the button, but why not just make the 10 R the new SE at a really low price? I mean, I agree with you. I think that should be the phone. And I feel like that has more mass market appeal because it's a bigger screen, which we know the low end market likes and it has a better battery, which again, that's important to everyone. So I feel like 10 R should have been the new SE. Um, we've heard so many rumors about this new SE being the same body that I, I guess it's just going to be, but I feel like a nice surprise would be maybe they're getting confused for the body on the SE being the older model still being in the lineup. And then we see like a 10 R style phone come out, uh, as the new SE or even, even I feel like an, like the older plus size phones, you know, like I feel like even that would be a better deal because, you know the battery life in those phones is just going to be what what you need for that type of device, especially with 5G. So, yeah. But uh, you know, based on all the rumors, we can only go on rumors at this point. Obviously, we'll have a lot more clarity very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, it just sounds the the more expensive SE model just ca- sounds kind of boring. And if being an experienced reviewer, I guess you kind of just look at it and go, if they're really not doing anything to the battery. Putting 5G in there, I think, might just make it worse. I feel like it might be a mistake. Yeah, I, I'm gonna wait. I don't want to. I don't want to triple down on this subject because if it ends up not being true, then I, I almost get hyped about nothing. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna slow down until we see if this happens. If it does, I'm taking the better part of an episode to talk about how this is a big deal. Like yeah. literally, we're gonna talk about this because I really feel like if Apple really dips their toe in $200, it opens up a whole new market for them, which is a whole new conversation that Samsung's never had to worry about before. So something to, something to consider. Um, what else do we have before we, before we wrap up? Cause I, again, I got to do that content. You and I have to talk. Uh, I said, there's just a quick rumor about a, a Apple foldable device, a MacBook oh. iPad hybrid with a touchscreen keyboard. Oh yeah. Okay. What do you think about this? I don't know what to think about this. Maybe we can save this for a future episode and go a little bit more deeper into yeah, it. Yeah, 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 um, I agree. But just a quick thought. It just sounds it sounds interesting because I don't know how they would merge those two OSs together after saying they weren't going to merge for so long. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like while it's a cool concept, like most foldables, I just don't know if that would be a good device with a software keyboard. I feel like you would need a physical kind of keyboard Maybe that's another element part of it, like uh, the one of the, what was it, the Neo, the Surface Neo, and it, it had like a keyboard that went over the screen as well. Maybe they could do something like that. But in terms of like a pure virtual keyboard experience, I just don't see the, it sounds cool. I'm sure there's cool things you could do with it, but I, I'm just thinking of using it as a laptop form factor. I would rather just have a physical keyboard on the bottom and then have a screen. You know, like having, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be looking down at the screen while I'm using the keyboard part of it. So, yeah. Interesting. I don't know what I, to think there, right? I'm going to wait to see a little bit more information about this because I saw like a real quick drawing of it or something and I didn't really pay too yeah. much attention because I'm like, that's not happening. So I just kept moving on. So I want to talk about it, but I really want to kind of learn more about it. So I'm going to wait until I educate myself more. I don't think something like that's coming because I think it's it straddles the line way too much. And up until this point, Apple's been pretty clear that the iPad's the iPad and the MacBooks are the MacBooks. I, I also feel like, again, 
the main advantage of going into foldables is to either make the form factor smaller or larger. Mm-hmm. Now, a 20 inch display, that sounds amazing. Wait, I can make my laptop a 20 inch display? But mm-hmm. then I'm really thinking like, a 20 inch tablet is that something i really want like how how are you holding that thing like the 12.9 inch <laughs> ipad pro is almost unwieldy i yeah. can't imagine having 20 inch display with me that just sounds a little too much well for those of you listening on the audio podcast definitely leave us your thoughts what do you think is this something that's going to happen and also tell me what you think about fedex do you love fedex have you had problems with fedex you can email us or hit us up on social media in the uh, either the description of this live stream or if you're on audio, the show notes, as always. Uh, all right. Well, um, we'll do a real quick aftercast. So for people watching the live stream, we'll do that real quick. Um, for the audio podcast listeners, we'll be back next week as we get ready for the March event. Uh, if Depending on when you're listening to this, you already know about the invites. And next week, uh, we will start to really find out what's going on. So anyway, peace, Greg. I'm Travis. This is Getchcast.